Hello, and welcome to the Vine Medical Podcast. My name is Laurel Zevitz, and I am here with my co-host, Elizabeth Ogle. On this episode, we are going to discuss healthcare consumerism and opportunities for providers to thrive. We're joined by today's guests, Dan Claren from Kaufman Hall and Marcy Tash from Vine Medical. First, I want to say welcome, Dan and Marcy. We are so thrilled to have you on today to share your insights with our audience. I agree, Laurel. We are excited to dive into our discussion. But before we get started, let's take a moment to learn a bit more about each of you for those listening that may be unfamiliar. Uh, Dan, we'll start with you, and then we'd like to hear from you, Marcy. Sure. My name is Dan Claren. I'm a managing director at Kaufman Hall. I've been in healthcare and, and retail for almost 20 years now. I'm one of the leaders in our strategy group at Kaufman Hall, and for the last seven plus years have been building and evolving our consumer strategy practice, advising health systems and other healthcare market participants. Great, thank you, Dan. This is Marcy Tatch. I'm the president of Vine Medical. I've been in healthcare IT, software and technology for about 20 years now, uh, running a, lo- a number of large businesses, both in clinical care software and revenue cycle solutions and, and a network business um, across companies like McKesson, Change Healthcare, and then most recently, Vine Medical. So excited to be here and to engage in this dialogue with Dan. Thanks, Marcy. Earlier this month, Kaufman Hall released their 2021 State of Consumerism Report, which is based off of a survey of providers from across the country. To kick off our discussion, let's dive into insights from the report. Dan, can you lay out a handful of findings for us, maybe starting with one or two that you found most surprising. Sure, Laurel, and uh, the timing of of today's discussion is great because we've actually released the report to the public today. Um, And and this is our sixth year of surveying the healthcare provider industry. So we've had the opportunity to learn a number of interesting things over the years. This year, a couple things that that stood out to me, and we can certainly talk about more as, as we go through the conversation, but about half of the health system respondents believe they're only slightly behind other industries in terms of consumer digital experience, um, which is incidentally about the same percent, about 50%, that said their strategy is to be slightly ahead of their competition. So I, I, I guess we can draw, for, draw meaning from that however we would like, um, but it, it seems hard to believe that healthcare is only slightly behind other industries. Um, And then the other one that stood out to me uh, is that still only 63% say they have an online price estimator. Um, And, you know, I can understand the hesitancy to comply with the CMS rules related to publishing all of your rates for all of your services. Um, But it seems like as an industry, we should be doing a little bit better than that on, on price transparency for consumers. So those, those were just a couple things that, that stood out to me right off the bat. Well, thanks, Dan. It's good to hear the details that you had and also, you know, what you found surprising. That was very interesting. Um, so consumerism was a big topic even before the pandemic. We're curious, over the past 18 months, what activities continued, what stopped, and what should we expect from providers around this topic in the years ahead? It's a great question, and and it's really interesting that you use the word topic, um, which kind of treats consumerism as a trend or a single initiative, and it's actually very true to how 
many health systems have thought about it as kind of one of many initiatives that they need to tackle. Um, I might suggest a, a slightly different way of thinking about it versus kind of how the industry has been thinking about consumerism. And, and that, that's that we should think about it as less of a what and more of a how. Um, it, it's how you do business in a more consumer-friendly way. And, and it really needs to permeate everything you do. Um, and, and any good consumer-oriented business, uh, I think, would say the same thing. Um, to get back to your question, though, about what has continued, what, what has stopped, what should we expect going forward? Certainly what has continued and what has ramped up at, at a much greater speed than I think any of us could have ever anticipated was the use of telehealth. Um, you know, going back to the point where there, there were a handful of visits in 2019 happening and then all of a sudden health systems were doing thousands of visits in a week um, very quickly. Uh, and certainly more attention and investment overall has been given to the consumer digital experience. Um, but in many cases, and, and we had a great quote from uh, a chief transformation officer at a health system in, in our report, in many cases, it's been pilots um, that now need to be scaled, right? We've been doing things incrementally on, on a small scale that really need to be taken to scale to have an impact for consumers. Um, what did we see that stopped? We saw some of the big brick and mortar projects and plans put on hold as volumes radically changed for providers during the pandemic. Um, and, and this is potentially a good thing because it could give us the opportunity to really reassess our priorities going forward. Um, and then, you know, what should we expect going forward? You know, I, I like to put on the hat of a consumer as, as we answer this question and, and say what, you know, what we should expect going forward is for providers to make it easy for us. Um, and, and those that do will be ahead of the curve and will capture market share. I think it's as simple as that. As, as there's less volume for everyone to, to attract and maintain, um, it's going to be those that can capture market share that are going to get ahead uh, going forward. That's really interesting and, and such uh, an insightful perspective. Um, something I keep wondering about is whether or not providers are fully prepared to meet consumer demands from a technology perspective. Some health systems and hospitals are, are further along. Um, the industry as a whole seems a bit behind, but one thing that you mentioned in, in the report was actually not far too far behind compared to maybe other industries um, which I found very surprising too of maybe overall industries are, are not further along uh, in meeting the demands of consumers um, but uh, you know the the push to uh, modernize quickly and and really set the standard for consumer centricity um, my question that I'd like to, uh, you know, maybe direct towards Marcy first is how do we keep up the momentum of digital transformation to, to meet the needs of consumers? And what suggestions do both of you actually um, have for overcoming some of these barriers to technology acquisition and adoption by healthcare providers? Yeah, I would say as long as patients continue to pay more out of pocket for their care, they're going to drive more decisions. 
So, you know, in years, years ago, right, you had health plans and, um, you know, we've gone through many iterations of capitation and, and number of different plans, right? As, as, as different generations are feeding into the healthcare, healthcare systems and they are being asked to pay, they are looking, they are shopping, right? And that, that, is, that is somewhat new um, in the U.S. So we have people and different generations shopping for different levels of care. I think what's interesting is the complexity. So, you know, even with pricing transparency, it, it is complex for a patient because where you go, the different levels of skills of the people seeing you um, are different. You know, what, what you're particularly getting, getting for those um, for those dollars is different. And that's where I think we have to help patients know where do they go to get the right level of care at the right price tag. And I think the, the providers and the systems who engage with the patients and, and meet them where they are with the information they need at the level they're at are going to win, right? So if, if you, Laurel, are, you know, seeking um, a, a strep uh, a strep culture, right? Um, there's many places you can go and even to retail settings to have that, right? Um, if it's something more complex, you, you need help figuring out where to go because um, it may be a nurse practitioner who can help you with the next step, right? So as long as consumers are being asked to fund their own health care at certain levels, they are going to shop and they are going to look for those, um, start to look for and, and trend towards places that meet them um, both geographically and technically, right? So I think more and more people um, are on their cell phones and, and looking uh, for places to go of where they might seek care. So I think providers and systems really, and, and I see many of them doing this. So I, you know, hats off to them. They're, a lot of people are, a lot of these systems are hiring chief digital officers. They're, they're looking at consumerism very differently and looking at how do they meet these patients um, and serve these patients and, and have the right to serve these patients in a way that they would like to serve them. I think, I think Marcy's bringing up something really important here, which she's talking about the front door to, to healthcare and, and how that is changing is really important for providers to understand. I think we hear a lot and, and Marcy, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this too. We, we hear a lot from providers about how, some of the newer entrants in healthcare, um, you know, well, we don't need to compete with them because they can't offer all the services that we offer. But I think what what is what folks are failing to appreciate is when when those individuals, those consumers, have other options for the basic services, it disintermediates your your entire relationship with them um, to to where they may then go down an entirely different path than getting their care with you. Um, and, and so it's, I think it's just, it's a different way of thinking about the relationship with the consumer rather than kind of a transactional view of, well, they still are going to need their inpatient care with us. And so we're still essential. I agree, Dan. I think the, the front door is where people are focusing. Um, they are looking, they, they are looking to be, um, where the patient wants to be. And I, I think you're spot on. If, if your strategy is, I will always be needed um, in my brick and mortar, I, I think that's, that's, not, that's not a winning strategy going forward because the basics will start to be outside um, of those four walls. The relationship will be formed outside those four walls. 
and these patients, although most of them are lo stay local for healthcare, um, will start to find um, that there are other places to go seek, seek that care that's, that starts those relationships, um, that keeps them uh, in that care continuum, and it may be, it, it may be a very different spot. I think the, there's a simple rule. Um, one of my colleagues published a, a white paper a couple of weeks ago, and there's a, there's a very simple rule that, that I think we can all keep in mind. You know, for those of us that work in healthcare and often have maybe, um, should I call it differentiated access to doctors and, and uh, administrators at, at health systems, um, to, you know, to get a family member seen more quickly or, you know, to get in the back door. Um, you know, I think we really need to ask ourselves the hard question of, are, is the care and the access that we're providing and, and the service that we're offering to consumers, is it, is, would it be good enough for our own families without that backdoor access? Um, and why do we really need to do that when we're navigating healthcare? Um, why do we need to text our doctor friend versus just approaching it how, you know, all other consumers might have to approach it? I agree, Dan. I, I think there is, um, there's a lot of opportunity for efficiencies and for, and for meeting these patients where they are. Uh, I also think as we start to transform um, with this digital front door, we, we actually will bring the cost of care down because if, if you think about seeing a patient who maybe is having a mental health issue or a patient who's having, who's dealing with chronic care, if you can see them on telehealth um, on the same day versus waiting and scheduling an appointment or making them get in their car and drive to a different location, I, I think our outcomes will be better for these patients because they, they will have immediate access um, to talk to someone or seek the care or seek even the next steps of what they need to do. And if we, and, and if, even if it's what Laurel and I were talking about earlier of guiding that patient back to where they need to be within that, you know, maybe not go to the ER, maybe it's urgent care, maybe it's just a discussion and an appointment in the morning, you bring down the cost of care, um, both for the patient and for the system, which I think is, is, is best for everyone. And to your point, Dan, maybe we don't need those backdoor accesses um, at some point down the road, if we're funneling patients where they need to be. And I just think the technology is such a strong way um, and such an immediate way for us to start to do that. And the great news is the technology exists, right? The technology has existed. It's, it's healthcare and patients starting to embrace the technology and knowing that it will be okay. And I will say one, one good thing that has come out of the pandemic is it has forced us to look for other ways um, to seek care and deliver care uh, when, when in some cases over the last 18 months, it hasn't necessarily been safe to take, you know, to take somebody um, in certain situations into um, a building with lots of other people. So I, I think the pandemic has been a catalyst for us all getting on, um, on Zoom meetings, which we never did before, <laughs> or we did, we did reluctantly. Now it's very, um, it's very accepted. I think we would all very much get on with a provider, you know, for the, for the right level of care in the right settings, um, which we probably wouldn't have done a year ago. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that you know, we continue on embracing the technology um, and, and leveraging it to, to help us all, help the whole system 
um, improve. Well, thank you both for that. I think a lot of people are going to be excited to hear what y'all had to say right there. Um, Marcy, we're going to keep the discussion going with you. As the leader of a healthcare IT business, can you share any insights or solutions that your team is working on to help healthcare providers leverage digital solutions as a more consumer-centric option? Sure. So at Vine Medical, our core business has been um, managing, streamlining, and exchanging data that has been outside uh, core systems. So if you think of an EHR or um, a core revenue cycle system, um, we have just completed a, an acquisition um, to allow us to expand and do those same jobs in the connected care space. So just as someone um, may need you know, to send an image in or, or see a doctor after hours, we're able to, to grab that data um, and get it for, on behalf of the patient and get it back into the system of record for that patient. So both the patient, the patient knows um, the information's in the system, um, the physician or the people handling um, the revenue cycle side of, of the reimbursement or have access to that data. Um, I believe anything we do should be helping to promote care or reimbursement efficiencies um, to enable the physicians and the patients um, to meet and, and to get the patients to get care in the way they need to get care and for those physicians and systems to be reimbursed for those, for those episodes um, in a way that allows them to continue to serve their communities, which is so important for all of us. Yeah, that's right. I, I mean, Marcy's right about how important it is to, you know, such, such, so much of the, the challenge that we have in serving consumers the right way is that, you know, we're so data rich and information poor, right, and, and insight poor and being able to translate all of this data in, you know, in different formats and different venues into actionable information and, and into information that we can share with consumers and, you know, kind of on more of a real-time basis, you know, is going to go a long way to supporting this effort. Um, you know, as, as I think about what, what we're trying to do to, to help folks, um, you know, kind of leverage all of the, uh, the potential technology solutions is, is, is helping organizations prioritize really. Um, and, and starting with the, you know, there, there's so many things that have been backed up during the pandemic as, as folks have had to shift their attention on the most near term of needs that we've got a lot of priorities now as, as, as healthcare providers. And, and so that, that's where we've been trying to plug in is just trying to help folks prioritize and, and, and figure out what they need to do near term to, to really deliver that seamless consumer experience um, and to Marcy's point, organizing the data and, and being able to use it is, is, is a pretty big priority there. Absolutely. I, I truly believe patients want to get to the right level of care and to the right provider, whether that be a nurse practitioner or a doctor or a surgeon. Um, they need help navigating the system and providers want to help the patients. And I, I think those of us sitting in the middle um, with technology can help bridge those gaps. Um, and help make that possible because both sides have a very, they all want the same outcome, right? Let's, let's get patients the care that they need in the most efficient setting. Um, and let's make sure the providers have the opportunity to provide that care. And um, I, I feel fortunate every day um, with what we do to, to coming in and, and trying to make steps towards um, helping those providers and patients achieve those goals. 
I, I would echo those sentiments, Mercy. I think it's such an exciting time to, to be in the healthcare industry. It's super complex. You both brought up some very interesting points. You know, before we wrap up, uh, if you had to give advice to hospitals and health systems right now, um, what would it be if consumerism is their top priority for 2022? Well, maybe, maybe I'll give Marcy the last word here um, and, and offer some, some thoughts to start with. Um, you know, it's an interesting to, to qualify the question to say if consumerism is their top priority. And I think it's a fair question. Um, you know, health systems are having to think about how they're going to deliver value to their communities going forward, right? That's at the end of the day, um, they've got to deliver more and better value to their communities in order to be essential. And, and give it, you know, especially given that our overall healthcare system is, is just unsustainable at the end of the day. The, the level of cost, the level of utilization, change is needed. Uh, and, and so we see two potential models going forward. Um, you're, you're never only going to be able to be one thing, but we're really asking the question of folks whether they're going to be majoring in kind of value-based care and, and really accelerating their, their journey toward being a provider of value in the sense of cost over, over uh, quality, um, or, or whether they're going to major in being the preferred choice of consumers. Uh, it's very hard to, to prioritize both of those in the near term because both require major change management efforts. Um, if you are majoring in, in being the preferred choice of consumers, um, it's a significant effort. It takes prioritization, a clear roadmap, and, and a significant investment in your people and in systems that may not produce immediate returns. Uh, I think that's the that's really the thing that that folks that are leading health systems have to come to to grips with is you know Steve Jobs talked about how you can't tell looking forward that the dots will connect. You can only tell in the rearview mirror. That, that all of your different efforts and investments came together to produce something valuable. So it takes a level of belief to really commit to that change. Um, but we know for a fact that, that healthcare is not easy for consumers. Um, and so the question is, do we have the conviction to make it easy and know that the dots get, are, are going to connect for our organization going forward if we do make it easy for folks? I agree, Dan. Uh, the only thing I would say on consumerism, I think we are at an inflection point where help, helping our patients through the consumerism journey will actually help our providers. And I think right now, coming out of the last 18 months, we, we need to help our provider community. Um, they have withstood um, unbelievable um, in an unbelievable environment trying to help patients. Um, and I, I truly believe the, the technology uh, and what the systems can do out there today can help connect the patients and the providers in efficient ways, which takes some of the stress off of the providers, um, help expand and, and uh, allow them to operate at the top of their licenses, which can help additional patients. So I, I think the road ahead, um, I think there's there's bright spots in the road ahead for all of us and, and us being able to um, you know, take consumerism to the next level, embrace the technology, we can help both the providers and the patients. And I, I, I do believe that's um, most of us in this industry are, are, looking, are looking to do just that. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm glad I gave you the last word, Marcy. It's a, it's a beautiful sentiment. And um, I think we all owe a debt of gratitude to the folks that have been on the front lines the last 18 months um, and, and remembering that, you know, they're human beings um, that, that we're just trying to do our best to support every day. Absolutely. And I, I know I speak for Elizabeth and I, we, we couldn't agree more with uh, both of you. Um, this has been really wonderful speaking with the two of you and gaining insight into healthcare consumerism and just listening to your perspectives um, has just been really excellent. Uh, so thank you, Dan and Marcy, for joining us today. Uh, we really appreciate it um, and really enjoyed this time together. I agree. This has been a great discussion. And to those listening, if you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. We are now available and streaming on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Additionally, check us out at vinemedical.com to learn more about who we are, what we do, and how we help. Thank you for listening to the Vine Medical Podcast, your source for connecting healthcare innovation.